That's a beautiful song. And I trust that we can all say that today. It is my desire to live for Him. And not for this world. They can have the riches. They can have all the honors and all the titles and all the accomplishments of this world. But when we have Christ, we need nothing else. And that is our desire. Shall we just open this morning in a word of prayer and ask the Lord to lead us and and guide us this morning? Father, we thank you for this beautiful song that Natalie has sung. We also thank you, Lord, for the services this morning, the breaking of bread. We thank you for Adel's little word at the end of the service too, Lord. Help us to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. It all seems to flow together this morning. And we just pray that you will lead us now and guide us as we open your word and as we have a message from it. Lord, please hide me behind the cross and just use your word to penetrate our hearts, to challenge us, to encourage us today. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We're all familiar with D.L. Moody, and he was a great man of God. And one time he commented, most people talk cream, but live skim milk. I read that quote. It's in the Daily Bread. You may have read that quote. And I got to thinking about that. And I was thinking that is so true. You know, we, we talk cream. We talk the gospel. We talk the word of God. We sound so good. We know the truth, all the doctrine and everything. And we come across sounding so good. But our lives, do they measure up to our words? That's, the, that's really the question. And I asked myself this question, does my walk match my talk? You know, it's, it's very popular uh, phraseology nowadays in the world, does your walk match your talk? Whether it's in sports or in, in any other sphere of, of life, people want to see reality. They want to see, is, is it really true? Can you back up what you say? And it's so convicting because so many times we do practice what we preach and then there are other times we fall short. And the Lord knows, but we should have that desire that our walk match our talk. And that should be our challenge. You know, Jennifer Randall gave a wonderful testimony here not too long ago. She gave it to the ladies first at the, at the seminar and then here at the church. And in her testimony, she was talking about that difference between knowing the truth in your head and knowing it in your heart. And I can relate to that because that was my testimony too. I mean, I knew the truth of the gospel. I knew the word so well, but it hadn't got to that 18 inches from the head to the heart. And until it does, it's not reality. But we thank God that he has touched our lives. Yes, he touched me and made me whole. And he wants us to live according to the gospel of Christ. This morning, we're going to read from three verses from Psalm 19. Verses 12 to 14. We'll take this as our text and then we're going to speak on three, three points this morning and may the Lord use His Word and touch our hearts. Psalm 19, beginning at verse 12. Here David the psalmist says in verse 12, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse your servant from secret faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. May God bless the reading of his word. The three points that we're going to look at briefly this morning 
and hopefully they'll be easy to remember. Honesty, sincerity, and integrity. H-S-I. These are three things that if we're going to have our walk match our talk, these things really need to be true in our lives. We'll look at the first one this morning, honesty. You know, if you look at the news today and look at all that's happening in companies, Enron and WorldCom and all these companies, what is the key thing? It's dishonesty. They're dishonest with the stockholders, dishonest with the employees, dishonest with the people of the company. And it's a very rare thing if people are honest today. Especially in the political arena. It's amazing. Not too long ago, there was a member of Congress and it's been the first time in like years and years and years that a member of Congress was thrown out of office because he was dishonest and convicted of crimes and put into prison. Not long ago, we had a president, who I won't mention his name, but we all know who it is, who was so dishonest, he got up on TV and lied to the people. He looked right into the camera, in other words, right into the American people's eyes and told a lie with dishonest. And we see that people around today, dishonesty is everywhere. People don't tell the truth because they, they think they want to, but they do it because they don't want to get caught. That's the only reason. But there's a lot of dishonesty going on in business and, and even in sports. It was very humorous to me, but sad, that quite a few instances of coaches that were going to be hired by a new school to be the football coach, for example. And they found out that on their resume, they put some degrees on there that they didn't earn. So that when they came to study their resume, like it came to do background check, they found they weren't true. And it was a big scandal. And the person lost, lost that position in, in, in shame. And it's a very sad thing that people are so dishonest today. We see it even in families. Husbands are not honest with their wives and wives are not honest with their husbands. Children are not honest with their parents and parents are not honest with their kids. And it's a very, very sad thing. People think, if I can get away with it, it's all right to do it. I can be a little bit dishonest here or there, but it's sad. And it's even affected churches. I mean, it's sad when you find out a pastor of a church has been living a a double life, has been living a secret life. And you say, wow, it blew me away. What happened? We never thought this. Living a secret life of sin. And it always comes out. The Lord always exposes it. And it's just sad because the world is always right there to point the finger. Well, see, there's another Christian did that. So it's so important that our walk match our talk because people are watching our lives. Adel mentioned it today at the breaking of bread at the end. People are observing our behavior, our words. They want to see, does it match up? Does it really match up? Or are they just going to live any way they want to live? So I asked myself this question. Am I honest with God? Am I honest with others? And am I even honest with myself? It's so sobering. We should be asking ourselves this question every day because we want to please the Lord. Our very first president of the United States, President George Washington, once said, I hope I shall possess firmness and virtue enough to maintain what I consider the most enviable of all titles, the character of an honest man. Oh, I wish we had presidents. We, thank God, have a great president now, but I wish we had more leaders and people in our country and throughout the world that would say, that's the title I want, character of an honest man person. It is so amazing. 
Recently, I heard the story of a man down in Los Angeles. He had a very menial job. He was from Mexico. And he came across this money. He found $200,000 in cash. Now, you may have read this story in the paper or heard it on, on the news. And you think, wow, okay, there's the temptation. $200,000 in cash. You know, there's no, nobody around. You don't know who left it, who lost it. He said, what am I going to do? And he needed the money. And he had people back in Mexico who could have used the money. But he was honest. And he went and he took the money back and he turned it in. And it turns out that that money was lost by a man. It was an older man. And that was his life savings. And because that man was honest, it returned back to the rightful owner. And it ended as a really happy story. But you don't find cases like this too often in the world. They, they once did a, a study and they showed uh, what would happen if they threw out like this bag of money from an armored car. And it fell down the street and they would watch with a camera and watch the people and see if they were going to keep the money or not. Amazingly, I was surprised. Amazingly, those people were honest and they turned it in. But the temptation is so great when people get into situations like that. Honesty, it is so important. One of the greatest things that could be said of you or could be said of me, he's an honest man or she's an honest woman. Honest. Because, you know, it's, it's very easy when nobody is looking to do something dishonest. But guess who is looking? The Lord is looking. He's looking at everything that we do. He's listening to every word that we say. He knows whether we're really honest or not. And he wants us to be honest people. So that's a very important thing, to be honest. And that our walk match our talk in honesty. We say, yeah, we're honest. But when the proof comes, are we honest in everything? Secondly, a, a sister virtue to honesty is sincerity. Because, you know, honesty tells the truth and sincerity has the right motives. You know, that's really where the, like Mike likes to say and Vernon McGee used to say years ago, where the rubber meets the road is our motives. Because so many times we can do things and people say, wow, that was great. You did a great job. That was excellent, fantastic. But only the Lord can see inside the heart and see what the motive was. And so many times our motives are good, but other times they may not be good. We may do it for attention that we're going to get or for the acclamation that we're going to receive or whatever the case may be. And it may not be a sincere motive. And the Lord has to challenge us. You know, you can always tell, like if you're talking to somebody about something and they're telling you something and you look at them in the eyes and you say, what they're saying to me sounds good, but their eyes are telling a different story. Their eyes are telling a different story. Or their body language is telling a different story. When I was at school at Cal State Hayward, I studied speech communication and we took a class called nonverbal communication. I really enjoyed that class. And they taught us about all the things like gesturing and eye contact and body language and all these things. But it's really amazing when you talk to somebody that their body language comes back to you. They're not being honest. They're not telling you the truth. Not whatsoever. It's amazing. Nowadays, they have what they call the uh, polygraph test. And somebody that really wants the, to know, you want you to know that they're telling the truth. I'm willing to take a polygraph test. Well... We as Christians should not have to swear and say, I'll, I'm telling you the truth. You can believe me. Our word should be our bond. We should be honest and sincere. And if we say it's yes, it should be yes. No gray area. It should be yes. And if it's no, it's no. And we should not fudge with the truth whatsoever. 
You know, it's sad to say that many Christians who get to the judgment seat of Christ are going to be very disappointed on the things that they thought they were going to get rewarded for. But because of bad motives, hence wood, hay, and stubble that will be burned up, will receive no rewards for that at all. And then other things that we do, sometimes we do some, something very simple. Like this morning, some, somebody was there to get the thing to clean the carpet up. And you just you think about it for a second. It's done. You don't even think about it. And later on at the, great, at the judgment seat of Christ, the Lord's going to say, here's a crown. Here's a reward for that thing you did. And they say, Lord, when did I do that? I don't even remember that little thing. But in the Lord's sight, nothing is little. They are all important to Him. And if we do something with the right motive, we're going to be rewarded for it. But it's so important that we have sincere motives in our lives. You know, years ago, people used to sign their letters, Sincerely, Dean Allen. But you don't see that very often anymore. They change it to other things. Because why? Sincerity is going the way of honesty. It's becoming extinct in this world. People are not sincere. Even if they say they're sincere, sometimes they're not sincere. May the Lord challenge our hearts. And you know, young people, children can tell when the adults are not sincere. This lady named Elizabeth Christman once said, Young people prize sincerity above almost any other quality. One of their most frequent complaints about adults is that they're phony. But sincerity is not an easy thing to achieve. And conscious attitudes are not necessarily real attitudes. The greatest liars often consider themselves sincere because they are completely successful in lying to themselves. I thought, wow, you know, that is really true. How a person can be so deceived to think because they're so good at lying that that makes them sincere. Oh, boy, sad. But may the Lord help us to be sincere in our lives that people know that when we say something, it's the truth. And it is without question. You know, sometimes when you're sincere with somebody and you share back with them some things about what they've done or said, it can hurt them. But thank God that if you're sincere and you share with somebody something and they appreciate it, it's a blessing. It really is. Because so many people don't want to hear the truth. One man named Chisholm once said, I want my heart his throne to be so that a watching world may see his likeness shining forth in me. I want to be like Jesus. I thought of that movie we saw on Friday night with this Indian brother. I mean, that brother really touched my heart in that movie. For those of you who weren't here, it was a Billy Graham movie. It was about a young man that eventually got saved. Well, he ran into an Indian brother who was a Christian who was in Amsterdam for a conference. And this brother loved this young man and he didn't give up on him. Even though the young man just had no time of day for him so many times. He didn't listen to him. He didn't want, to, he didn't want his help. He rejected him, he kept going and kept going and showed the love of Christ in a sincere way. And that's the thing that really broke this young man down because when he saw that his love for him was genuine and sincere, it wasn't pretentious whatsoever, he just broke down and he wanted to receive Christ too. He says, if you're Jesus, you know, he didn't say these words, but this is really what he was thinking. If you're Jesus means that much to you that you would do this for me, I want your Jesus. And may that really challenge our hearts to have a sincerity so that people see that we're real and that we really do care for them and really do love them. It will make a big difference in their lives. The psalmist said this. He said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. 
and see if there is some wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, that's an excellent prayer. It's a very piercing and penetrating prayer. But if this was our prayer today, Lord, search me. Search my motives. Search my attitudes. Search my desires. And may they be pure in your sight, Lord. May they be sincere for you. We will be able to thus please the Lord in everything we do and say. In that song that Natalie sang this morning, she was singing about our faults and sometimes our failures that we have. I mean, we're never gonna, our walk is never going to match our talk completely 100% till we get to heaven because we have that old nature still. We have that old sinful nature in us and we'll never do it perfectly, but we should strive for it. We should pursue it to have our life in such a way that our walk matches our talk, especially in areas of honesty and sincerity. You know, a lot of times when young people are, are thinking about a, a, a life partner, a marriage partner, you know, it's so easy. to. What's the first thing you see? The, the beauty and the handsomeness, right? That's the very first thing you see. But those things wear off. And what really counts is the character of the person and the honesty and the sincerity. Those things are so important. And it is such a blessing. And when people marry for the wrong motives and for the wrong reasons, they have a long time to regret it. So we've seen this morning how important it is to have honesty in our lives and to have sincerity. And then the third thing is integrity. Another important quality in our lives if our walk is going to match our talk. A person with integrity says this, I'm going to do it because it is right. Not because I'm afraid of getting caught. Not because I'm afraid somebody's going to see me. I want to do it because it is right. And that is what integrity is all about. In Psalm 15, the psalmist said, I swear to my own hurt and do not change. Integrity. If we had people today in the church and other places that had integrity, we would have such a much better world in which we're living. Integrity. Yes, when you're a person of integrity, you honor your commitments, you do what you say you're going to do, you do your best, and when you fail, when you don't succeed, you admit it, and ask for forgiveness. That's a person of integrity. And I think all of us desire to be that way. I read a story about a coach in Georgia. And his name was Cleveland Stroud of the Bulldogs of Rockdale County High School in Conyers, Georgia. And they had a championship basketball team. And they won 21 times and lost only five times. And they went all the way through the playoffs and they got to the championship game and they had a tremendous come-from-behind victory and they were celebrating and this is great and they awarded them the trophy. But you know what? A few days later after that, there was something missing from the trophy case. The trophy was missing. And you say, well, what happened? Well, what happened was they discovered that one of the athletes that played on the team was academically ineligible. He played in a game, get this, in one game in the playoffs, the first playoff game, for 45 seconds. 45 seconds. Not a minute, not 10 minutes, not a whole game, not the whole playoffs, not the whole season. 45 seconds. And you would have said they could have just justified that and say, well, let's not say anything because it was only 45 seconds. The player that was involved was not one of our star players. He was just a backup. He was, he was not an impact player. So let's not say anything here. This is our first championship. Look at this beautiful trophy. They couldn't do it. Because of honesty, because of sincerity, and because of integrity, they brought up the issue. 
And they lost that championship trophy, but they gained something much more valuable. They learned a life lesson. And when the coach was talking to the players, he told them, he said this, he said, we have to do what's honest and right and what the rules say. I told the team, forget the score. People forget the score of basketball games. They don't ever forget what you're made of. And what an impact it made on those kids. They learned a lesson that when you have rules, you honor them. You are honest. You don't slide it under the carpet. You don't dismiss it. You don't make excuses. If, you're, if you have to say you're wrong, you're wrong. And if it means losing a championship, losing a job promotion, whatever it is to be honest, the Lord will so much more bless you than you would ever believe. Yes, may the Lord help us to be people of integrity. You know, when you're a person of integrity, you can put your head down at night on the pillow and just fall right to sleep. You know, your conscience is not bothering you whatsoever. Because when your conscience is bothering you, it's like somebody pinching at you all the time. Pinch, 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 pinch. Bothering you. And that's what can happen to people. And when, when you start don't, not listening to your conscience and just going ahead and doing what you can, pretty soon that voice of the conscience starts off uh, loudly to us, it becomes less and less dimmer, softer, because we've rejected our conscience. May the Lord help us to be people of integrity. And when the Lord shows us that something we did is wrong, admit it, confess it, and not let it go. Sometimes it might mean losing a sale, if you're a salesman. Or it might mean losing an account. Or it might mean losing money but you're going to gain so much more. You're going to gain the Lord's favor. You're going to be pleasing Him. And that is the greatest blessing of them all. You know, it's amazing how many athletes today engage in what we call trash talking. Have you heard that expression, trash talking? Well, the ladies might not be too familiar with it, but what it basically boils down to is bragging. It means talking bad about your fellow opponents. It means talking good about yourself, bragging about what you're going to do. I'm going to go out there today and I'm going to score seven touchdowns and these guys are not going to be able to catch me. And then during the game, they talk trash too. They, while the game is going on, they start saying what they're going to do, what they're going to do. And it's amazing to me how sad it is people talking trash. And I found the most beautiful verse on trash, anti-trash talking in the Bible. Listen to this. Anti-trash talking. And it's found in 1 Kings 20 and verse 11. It says, Where the king of Israel sends to Ben-Hadad, let not the one who puts on his armor boast like the one who takes it off. And what that means is, don't let the person who starts off the battle start bragging like the one who's already finished the battle and won it. And that would really save so much today if people would do that because it's amazing. People want to tell you how great they are before they've done a thing. It's like these great athletes that get uh, big contracts in baseball, basketball, football. They get these huge salaries and they haven't even played one game yet. And they get this huge amount. And yet so many, and they're talking, bragging about what I'm going to do and what I'm going to do. May the Lord help us to not boast except to boast in the Lord and to have that kind of integrity. You know, it really makes a difference when you get athletes like Kurt Warner. And he was a man who was bagging groceries in a local grocery store. And then he came into the league in the Arena Football League. And then he went on to the NFL and he led his team, the St. Louis Rams, to the World Championship, Super Bowl Championship. 
And then at the end of that, he was able to get up and give thanks to the Lord. He says, I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ for helping me. And you could really appreciate his sincerity and his, his uh, godliness and his devotion to the Lord. It was so beautiful. And whether he's humbled in victory or humbled in defeat, that's what the Christian really finds. And may the Lord encourage us to be people of honesty, people of sincerity, and people of integrity. So that when people look at our lives and say, well, you know, I don't agree with their, with their doctrine, maybe, because they're not saved, but I cannot disagree with their life. I mean, they really do live it. They really do live it. And then that's when they call you preacher man or they'll call you other names, you know, things, because that's their way of associating you on a higher level than the average. They say, wow, this guy is really a true Christian. So may the Lord help us to have this kind of lifestyle that our walk will match our talk. And only the Lord can help us to do that. In ourselves, we can't. The Scripture tells us that because Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. But with His help, our walk can more and more match our talk. And He will be blessed, He will be pleased, and we will be victorious Christians in our lives. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning? Lord, You've really challenged our hearts this morning with this subject because so many times, Lord, our words are like cream, but our lives are like skim milk. We say all the right things, but down deep, when we're all by ourselves and nobody is around, we may be different. Lord, help us to live the same way at church as we do at home, in our families, with our neighbors and with our work associates, with people we meet in different places that we go. Help us, Lord, to have one standard of living, not more than one. And help us to be honest and sincere with our words and our conduct, Lord, so that we can conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Please keep us in the hallow of your hand this week, Lord. We look forward to our picnic tomorrow and our fellowship. We pray that it will be a blessing as we have our picnic tomorrow. And we pray that you will encourage our hearts as we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.